You're listening to Japanese Baptist Church in Seattle, Washington. I want to talk about stories today, particularly the stories of our lives. And as you know, all good stories have a beginning, middle, and end. And it's important for you to understand that a story is not complete unless you hear the whole story. And a very important Christian tradition and Christian practice is the act of testimony. And that's basically talking about the story that you see that God is writing inside of you. And what gets,、um, what I've found、uh, growing up in the generation of Christians is that there was a, a very strong movement of what we call altar call evangelism. And I don't know if you've even partaken in this. This has happened for a number of decades where there'd be a guest preacher、uh, who, you know, some people call them an evangelist. And, They would speak a very dynamic message, a very powerful message, and at the end of the message, they would invite people to come forward and、uh, to invite them into a life of faith with Jesus. And I want to say that I, as a young child, in fact, my life was changed. Even though I grew up in a church, I remember very distinctly I was listening to Billy Graham on television, and at the end of his message, on the TV, he invited everyone to come forward. And The song that was playing was Just As I Am. And I was so moved, just as I, I think I was、uh, probably early middle school. And I was so moved by this message, I just came forward to the TV. I turned off the TV and I just knelt there and I said, God, I just really want to receive everything that this man is talking about. And I will always remember that experience. And for a while, I began to think that maybe salvation was just that one experience. Like I got saved on that one moment, that one night in front of that TV. And I think that moment was very decisive for sure. But what I didn't think about was that God was at work in my life even before I was aware of God. That I came into this family, I was going to church, all these things.、Um, I had Sunday school teachers, I read the Bible with my family, all of these things. Were maybe not as decisive as that night in front of the TV, but they were all working out a story in my life, preparing me for that special time where I could just kneel before that TV. And I also want to say that I didn't fully understand everything that was going on. I remember after、uh, I knelt down at that TV,、um, I was very convicted and moved. I don't know why, but I, I just sat down at my little desk and I wrote a letter to Billy Graham. And I was just saying, like, thank you for that evening. And, you know, it just meant a lot to me. And、uh, I just sent the letter off in the mail. And to my surprise, several weeks later, someone wrote back to me and、uh, gave me a little picture Bible and uh, just uh, really appreciating what I wrote. And I realized that the salvation of my life, the, I didn't fully understand what I was doing in that moment. But I was from that point on learning to grow and to learn about what I confessed. And so it made me realize is that God's work in our life is not a one time event. You don't come to church just to get saved. Some people think, like, well, if I could just invite my, my friend to church or if they could see a message online at YouTube and their life will be forever changed and that's it. Well, I'm glad they're saved. We're done. Let's find someone else to save. It's not quite that simple. When we're saved, God is committed to transforming us to be more like Christ, enable us to live for Him. You see, 
A better way to understand it is that from the beginning to end of our Christian life, God's grace is at work in us. You see, it's God's grace what leads us to God. It's God's grace. It's God's grace is what forgives us and gives us a new beginning. And it's God's grace which sustains us and empowers us to live for God going forward. So when I began to understand this, it's not just like one event, one thing, but a whole story over my entire life. I began to understand God's presence in my life much differently. And in fact, when I was studying a theologian named John Wesley, who formed the Methodist, he, talk about, he talked about grace in our lives, and he talked about a grace in three parts. And the first grace that he talked about was prevenient grace. And he said that this is grace that prepares us for the opportunity to receive salvation. And the second grace he talked about was justifying grace. And this is grace that forgives us of sin and adopts us into the family of God. And the third kind of grace he talked about is a sanctifying grace, grace that is committed to transforming us to be like Christ and to enable us to live for God's kingdom. You see, it's this prevenient, justifying, and sanctifying grace that is a, a thread of God's mercy going th throughout our entire life from beginning to end. And why I wanted to choose the scripture passage today from Timothy was because Paul, the Apostle Paul, was sharing about his own testimony, his own life, and how the story of God was at work in Paul's life. And I think it's appropriate to read this passage from 1 Timothy because usually at the end of the year, we're all assessing of what happened in the past. And I don't know if uh, some of you might look back on the past, this past year perhaps, with lots of regrets. Maybe you're wondering, there was a lot of aimlessness. There were a lot of things that were unfulfilled. You had a lot of plans and they all got canceled. This has definitely been the year of cancellations. I have never had so many things fall apart so quickly. And even when I wanted to plan something in light of past canceled plans, I had to cancel and cancel again and cancel again. There's so much disruption in our life that we wonder if maybe 2020 is a complete write-off. Like, I would just prefer to just go from 2019 to 2021, or maybe 2022. I don't know. Maybe some of you in your life, it's not just 2020, but perhaps you've gone through a season of life where you felt that you've been in this season that has been extremely unproductive, or things happened in that year that you just really wish never happened and you resent that it happened, in fact. Were there things at work? Were there things um, in your family? Or perhaps even things at church? There are things at JBC that you just were very disappointed in. And I think it's good for you to be honest about it. For us to, uh, to deny that we have such feelings doesn't mean that they're going to go away. They're just going to be bottled up inside of us and we just won't be dealing with them. So how can this message of Paul's testimony and this idea of prevenient grace help us? Well, think about this. If you don't know about Paul, his name used to be Saul, and he was very zealous for God. He was very zealous in following um, the Pentateuch, which uh, some know now today as the Torah, about the Holy Scriptures. 
Uh, some Christians might consider it to be the Hebrew Testament, the Old Testament. And in his zeal for pursuing God's word, he persecuted people who were beginning to follow the way, which was the way of Jesus Christ. And here's the thing, is that he thought he was so sure that he was following God until one day he was knocked off, off his feet on his journey to Damascus. And he had realized that he had been going about it completely wrong. In fact, he thought he was so zealous and going with God, he was in fact going against God. God asked him, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Can you imagine what Saul felt? He thought he was in the right this whole time to only be flattened by the presence of God and to realize that he was in fact completely wrong-headed. The very things that he thought he was doing for God were actually hurting God. One can only imagine that it would be easy to be filled with, great, with resentment. We read about after uh, this encounter with God on, Damas on the Damascus Road that there's a silence for many days. And I wonder in that silence of what happened to Paul, perhaps he was just processing a lot of his grief and remorse over what he had done. You see, one can think that that is something that Paul would just like to put behind him and just never think about again and just feel like God was not present. But it was in that moment, all those things of his zeal for God, his study of the scripture, that actually helped him to reach out to people later on in the future who also were zealous for the scripture but did not know who Jesus was. You see, God has this funny way of preparing us to use what we have in the past and to use it going forward. God has a unique story for all of us. I'm not the Apostle Paul, and I never will be. But God doesn't have that intention because God's story for me is very different. God's story for you is very different. Perhaps this year was a year of a lot of pain. And I'm not God, and I'm not here to presume why this or that happened. But it could be an opportunity for God to use the things of our past and to use them for the future somehow, redeemed and reconciled. Don't resent your past history because God can use your story for something good and beautiful, far beyond what you could ask or imagine. I think of a story in the Old Testament that I read to my daughter Eden very often. It's a story of Joseph. Think about Joseph and how so much of his story is long-suffering, painful waiting. If you know a little bit about Joseph, Joseph at a very young age had dreams and visions of what God had for his life. But everyone around him didn't like it. His brothers didn't like it, and so they persecuted him. They sent him off to be a slave. And he, even though he was a slave, he began to rise in the ranks because God's favor was on him. But then he got thrown into jail because of Potiphar's wife. And then, but he didn't give up. And even in jail, he began to be, he was still faithful to God. And he discovered he had this gift of interpreting dreams. And he managed to get one of his fellow uh, cellmates out of jail, but they forgot about him. And again, his hopes are dashed. 
But then many years later, someone else remembers Joseph's talents, and then he's brought into Pharaoh's house. And, Pharaoh, uh, and he's brought into a place of fa uh, favor with Pharaoh and as a position of authority. And we see in Genesis chapter 50, a great revelation is that all of Egypt is going through famine and it's because of Joseph's unique gifts. And through his unique story, that he was able to be in a place of influence and power, that he was able to save many lives and indeed save the lives of his family because God was with him. And this is what Joseph says, that you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You see, in that moment in Genesis 50, Joseph realizes that my long, painful history was indeed difficult, and many people wished harm upon me, but somehow God has redeemed this all to save the lives of many. I don't know if uh, some of you might be feeling that there were very difficult things that people were working against you, but no matter how much ill and destruction has been in your life, God's grace is greater preparing you for something more. And I encourage you, as you bring an end to this year, to think about those painful places and to, and to invite an awareness that God's grace could be working through that. Romans chapter 5 verse says that Christ demonstrates God's love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, this is an amazing verse because it tells us that there was a time when we just didn't care about God. We were sinners. We just went our own way. But God was still loving us. God was loving us even before we even knew what it was to love God. See, this is what Provenient Grace is about, is that you might not even be aware of God's presence, but God is aware of you. And God is moving in your life. There are some people right now who may be wondering, well, how can God be moving because the church is shut down or we are incapacitated in this way or disabled in that way? But God is not interested in those obstacles because God is already at work even before you were aware of it. Before you even prayed, God has been praying for you through Christ Jesus. You see, the emphasis of our past is not the greatness of our sin. Sometimes when people talk about testimony, they love talking about how bad they were and what they did this and they did that. And it's almost like they're bragging about it because now they don't do it anymore. But boy, was I bad before. You see, the point of our testimonies is not to glory in our worldly experiences. It's not to talk about how bad or fallen we were. You know, I'm a pastor's kid. I didn't really do a lot of bad things. I'll be honest, my testimony is quite boring. I grew up in a church. Um, I went faithfully to church every week. Um, I became Christian. Many, many years later, I went to seminary and I got ordained. A lot of things happened in there, but you know, for some people that could be a very boring story. I don't have dramatic changes of behavior. But here's the thing, is that my story though, is very unique and beautiful because God wrote it. Whatever is in your story is unique and beautiful because God wrote it. 
You see, the highlight is not about us and what we've done. The highlight of our stories is about what God is doing. So that what I've done today is to tell you, oh, I saw that God was at work here and here, even though I wasn't aware of God. Indeed, even in this past year, I was just thinking about how we have so many gifts and talents that made us able to continue to do worship online. I didn't prepare for these things. I didn't foresee a global pandemic like this. I didn't foresee that we would have to shut down the, um, the operations of JVC in the way that we had to this year. But God was preparing us. Um, I've had conversations with uh, Cho Sensei about, it's amazing that he had all these gifts in video and preparing and, um, and photography that he was able to help us. And uh, Cho Sensei was telling me, he's like, well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I just, in the past, was uh, when I go hiking, like I prepare these videos and I learn how to do a lot of video editing through that experience. Who would have known that those skills that he was doing through um, what he was doing in the past, God has actually prepared for this time and this event. It's interesting to think about how, you know, I haven't been a pastor that long at JBC. Uh, I'm now approaching my third year in this coming year. But what if I wasn't here? It was almost like, what if there was no pastor at JBC? It could have been very possible. You could have been still searching for a pastor. But God brought me in before the pandemic to prepare me to pastor in this time. I couldn't have conceived of anything like that. But God's grace was going before us, even before I was aware of it. That's what prevenient grace is about. Prevenient grace is talking about how God is at work, even though we are unaware of God. Titus chapter 3, verse 3 to 5, it says, At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of our God and our Savior appeared, God saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of God's mercy. Friends, there's a time where we were ignorant and disobedient, that we were lost. But God's grace came to us and found us anyways. This might be a year where you feel lost and you don't know where you are, but the scriptures tells us that God is here and God is already at work. The task for us today and always is to stop and to ask God to open the eyes of our heart that we can see that God is at work right now. As we bring this year to a close, may God give you the gift to open your heart to see that God is at work right now and God won't let you go. Amen.